today I have two short essays by Fulton Sheen. The first is on courage and leadership, which seems to be lacking in our times, both within the church and in the secular world. The second is on charity, specifically about giving to others. There is something that most of the great saints of the church remind us of constantly, and that is, if we do not have charity, then we do not have the Christian values and Christian virtues. And if we do not have the virtues, we don't possess sanctity. Our Lord commanded us to be not afraid, and he also commanded us to be charitable in our giving. Fulton Sheen reminds us of that today, and it is essential that we remember it for our own good, as well as for the good of others. I hope you find this helpful today on your way to Mass. Thank you for listening today. I'm Anthony Stein. Courage by Archbishop Fulton Sheen Goodness, patriotism, honesty, and loyalty are losing their battles not by conflict, but by default. Those who are called to be defenders of what is right are not wounded in the battle. They flee. Courage has always been, in the past, the attribute of those who have faith. Now the moral leaders become defenders only of the feeble. They are afraid to speak on vital truths to their troops, fearful that they may incite a revolt or be unloved. The result is, every man does what is right in his own eyes. Actually, the troops are yearning for strong leaders who will challenge them and sound trumpets with clear notes. But seeing the shepherds uncertain and afraid of wolves, the sheep scatter. Why are leaders in a nation, in education, in religion, afraid to speak out with courage, partly because they are not themselves practicing what they ask others to do, partly because they are afraid of being unloved, or because running counter to the moods of the time, and partly because they do not rely on divine strength to aid them in their defense of what is right and just. When Peter and John were arrested and brought before judges for preaching Christianity, the judges were struck by, first, their boldness, and second, by the fact that they were unlearned. Their strong convictions came not from academic degrees, but from being filled with the Spirit of God. When David's commander, Job, saw the battle was against him in the front and rear, he and his brother Abishai pledged mutual support, shored up their moral courage, and left the final decision in the hands of God. If the Aramaeans are too strong for me, then you shall help me, Joab said. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will come and help you. Be of good courage and let us fight bravely for our people and for the cities of our God. And may the Lord do what seems good to him. In the area of religion, the secret of courage is, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Responsibilities are no longer burdensome if one realizes that the divine works in us. Want of courage is want of faith. If a bishop, for example, is afraid to tell a minister in the sanctuary not to appear in patched overalls and a leather jacket, it is because he has a less awesome concern for the glory of God than he, than he is in dread of cutting rejoined of the hippie. All the fears of life are expelled by a great love, and love is the only thing that can successfully cope with them. On the contrary, the fear of evil is essentially an unbelieving thing. All weakening anxieties have their roots in practical unbelief. The tragedy in the loss of courage and boldness on the part of leaders is the latent courage in the young and their readiness to follow those who have a high ideal. The so-called generation gap does not exist. It is a spirit gap. 
the distance between the leaders who are not on fire with ideals and the followers who are unlighted torches waiting for the flame. The young are quick to pick up phonies as they are anxious to be inspired by those who are unafraid of being unpopular once truth is at stake. Our democratic process sometimes makes for weakness than strength. A candidate for office keeps his finger on the pulse of the electorate. He finds out by survey what they want and then promises to give it to them, generally at the expense of the public treasury. His campaign is directed to the desires of the people, but never to their needs. The result is the electorate is rarely offered a chance to vote for a real leader. It is worth recalling that the majority vote for about the Israelites going into the promised land was 10 to 2. Only Caleb and Joshua favored it. The masses would have slain the two of them if Moses had not interceded. In religion and politics alike, leadership will return when a man will not be afraid to make enemies because he loves God above all things. The Joy of Giving by Fulton Sheen The vast majority of the people in Western civilization are engaged in the task of getting. Strange as it may seem, the Christian ethic is founded on the opposite principle, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Both the opportunity and the burden of filling this divine mandate falls principally on those of us who live in a civilization that has been abundantly blessed by God. We pay more in taxes than most people of the world earn to keep body and soul together. The reason it is more blessed to give than to receive is because it helps to detach the soul from the material and then temporal in order to ally it with a spirit of altruism and charity, which is the essence of religion. Cicero once said that, Men resemble gods in nothing so much as in doing good to their fellow creatures. Aristotle says that by narrowness and selfishness, by envy and ill will, men degenerate into beasts and become wolves and tigers to one another. But by mutual compassion and helpfulness, men become gods to one another. On a smaller scale, it will be found that the unity of a community depends to a greater extent upon the services and kindnesses of one individual to another. The farming population of any country in the world is a perfect example of this altruism. At harvest time, each farmer helps every other farmer, and when there is a death in the family, willing hands are always found to pick the corn and cut the wheat. There is not always the same spirit in the large cities, partly due to the anonymity of the masses, and partly due to competition. Where most people we meet are strangers, there is a tendency to lock oneself in his shell. One notices this particularly in driving an automobile. Men who are very gentle at home and kind to friends become like raging beasts growling at the stupidity of every other driver once they get behind a wheel where anonymity protects them. Giving is really a divinely appointed way of acknowledging the mercies of God. We have indeed nothing to offer anyone that we have not received, and yet he is pleased to accept our offerings as tokens of our gratitude. Egotism makes the self the center. Altruism and charity make the neighbor the center. Only on the principle of giving can the inequalities of the human race be adjusted, can the strong help the weak, and social peace reign among men. Many a man, when he was poor, had a heart that was open to every call of pity, but as riches increased, he set his heart more upon them. The massing of wealth has a peculiar effect on the soul. It intensifies the desire of getting. What is often lust in youth is avarice in old age. Could they but expose themselves to the great joy of giving and respond to pity's claim, they would sense the great thrill in benevolence. 
Great as the pleasure is in receiving, greater is the pleasure in benevolence. There is an old story about a Scotsman, Lord Braco, who was very rich and miserly and who had great stores of gold and silver in his vaults. One day a farmer said to him, I will give you a shilling if you will but let me see all your gold and silver. Braco consented. The farmer gave him the shilling, saying, Now I am as rich as you are. I have looked at your gold and silver, and this is all you can do with it. There is more happiness in rejoicing in the goodness of others than in rejoicing in our own good. The receiver rejoices in his good, the giver in the joy of others, and to such comes the peace nothing in the world can give. Have a blessed Sunday.